0: It's Tech Tuesday, so let's turn to our tech specialist, Carmi Levy. Good morning, Carmi. Hi, John. Great to be here. Okay, so one of the big news stories today is Canada's banning TikTok from federal government devices for security reasons. Is there a legitimate concern that TikTok is actually compromising national security?
1: Well, I think there's uh, if there isn't fire, there's definitely smoke, John. We know that this app is a very aggressive collector of data compared to other social media apps on your phone, like, say, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, it pulls a lot more information off of your phone and then it sends it not to an American server and somewhere in California, you know, we don't like Mark Zuckerberg, but at least we know he's American. In this case, it's potentially going to China. The company den- is, is owned by a company called ByteDance, Chinese owned company. Uh, they deny that that's the issue. They say that the data is stored in the US or Singapore, but we've seen evidence, uh, repeated evidence, that employees in China have a backdoor to the data and that they have accessed it numerous times. And we also know that Chinese companies have a deal with the Chinese uh, 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 Communist Party to to share information when requested. So it's all very hush-hush. It's all very sort of dark, shadowy questions. Uh, and I certainly would not put it past this company knowing full well how all Chinese tech companies operate it is a grave concern and if you are at all worried about data based security which if you're the Canadian government and your employees are using devices you should be uh, then this is an absolutely smart move because the worry is there and the company uh, that owns TikTok has done a terrible job uh, of putting our fears at ease this is the kind of thing that keeps me up at night and quite frankly this move is long over dude. Well, and, you
0: know, even setting aside TikTok, one wonders why if you have a business provided phone that you would need to be on social media at all. I mean, if you want to be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on and on and on TikTok, then get your own phone.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I know there are many people who, you know, the the company issues them hardware, whether it's a smartphone, a tablet or a laptop or something else. And they've got a wall between personal and professional. And I advise people all the time to do exactly that. Uh, you know, separate church and state technologically, so to speak, and make sure that your personal stuff doesn't leak onto your professional device. Otherwise, you could be having an unintended meeting with HR. Uh, But we also recognize that a lot of these things bleed over. A lot of people in marketing, for example, uh, are being tasked with uh, getting their companies uh, out there on social media, getting those videos out onto TikTok. In some cases, uh, federal uh, government departments are actually using TikTok as a means of reaching youth. Uh, So it's kind of hard hard to sort of separate the two out and you know if this goes any further and if ultimately tiktok goes even darker in canada uh we're going to have to have a national discussion over you know how we use social media to to brand ourselves and get services into the hands of canadians and whether in fact it is indeed safe for us to do so
0: it's an interesting point you're making because i'm just thinking of jerry agar's tiktok traffic cop who if the province of ontario bans people from using government phones on you know and and tiktok then he'd have to find another way to do that kind of engagement. Okay. I want to move to another story because I really want to hear how this technology would work. But the idea is it's a new mechanism by which you would be able to eliminate, say you had posed a compromising picture as a teenager online. You'd be able to track it down and delete
1: it. Yep, it's called Take It Down, and it's uh, released by the National Center for Missing Exploited Children in the US, funded in part by Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can get it on the web, takeitdown.ncmec.org. And basically what it does, it lets you go to this website. And if you think that a photo, a compromising photo of you has been shared, and there are a lot of teenagers and young people out there that this has happened to through extortion, uh, revenge porn, for example, you don't have to upload the photo. But what you can do is you can... Held the database, give it, uh, give it, essentially give it a digital signature known as a hash, uh, and then that digital signature goes into a database, which other companies like Facebook and Instagram um, and uh, and even uh, Pornhub, the, uh, the 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 porn site, they can then uh, match their content against this database. And if someone tries to share a photo that is a compromising of you, that it matches that hash. They will take it down. It essentially puts signatures on photos and it allows platforms to recognize them and take them down. So just because it's out there doesn't necessarily mean that you are out of luck. There is a tool now that allows you to have that image go dark. Okay,
0: this is actually a clip from the Big Bang Theory because apparently they pioneered this in fiction and now it's becoming real. The idea of an actual device would allow you to kiss over the internet. I don't know about this Howard. What? You're having trouble with the long-distance lovemaking? This is your answer. There are two interfaces that simulate a human mouth. You have one Priya has one in India. When you move your lips and tongue on yours, it transmits exactly what you're doing to hers. See? Internet kissing. Almost. Really get your tongue in there to activate the motion sensor. <laughs> L- like this?
1: Close. Really French it. No,
0: all right. I, I mean,
1: Carmi, I'm wincing just listening to this, and this device is <laughs> becoming real. US, Uh, you can buy it on uh, Taobao, which is basically China's Amazon, their largest online shopping site. It allows couples to experience what they call real physical intimacy, mimics a real kiss, it replicates what they call pressure, movement and temperature. Uh, You know, and so what you do is you buy one, your partner buys one, you install an app, you pair the apps, and then you set up a video call with each other, and you can essentially kiss online. Uh, no, I don't want to become Howard Wolowitz in Big Bang Theory. It kind of disgusts me to think of it, but this is an improvement, and and uh, it's an improvement on uh, an earlier version. It was called the Kissinger, and it was only a touch-sensitive silicone pad. This is actually, when you look at it, it actually looks like a mouth and lips, but they're getting some reviews. A lot of people say, oh, it's really neat. You know, it's it, it allows me to replicate this online. I have a long distance relationship. Other people calling it vulgar and creepy. And you can firmly put me in the latter camp. Yeah, I'm just imagining. I mean, I guess, you know, you'd be traveling or something
0: and you'd throw it into the suitcase <laughs> and then set it up on uh, at the hotel. Anyway, let's keep moving
1: because this can yeah, only lead know, I, to I, something I, I... else. Well, I don't want to explain this to the security people at the airport. That yeah.
0: Thing. Okay. So we've touched on this a few times in the past, and I've covered a lot of stories about it. That apparently AI chatbot uh, bots are somewhat malevolent.
1: They are, and and there's some research. Terry Sejnowski. This is the guy since the '70s and the '80s. He is the he's a professor at University of California, San Diego. He proposed the concept of neural networks. The guy literally is the, almost one of the fathers, the parents of modern AI. He, uh, he was interviewed for a major article in the New York Times this past weekend. Uh, and he's essentially saying that uh, because of the way chatbots are built, they're driven by what are called large language models. And what they do is they analyze huge amounts of data. But they also, when we're conversing with them, when we're going back and forth, um, they're actually modeling our behavior and they're responding to our behavior. So if the chatbot gets angry, it's probably responding to us Consciously or unconsciously pushing them at, in that in that direction. If it gets creepy, probably the same thing. That's one of the reasons why Microsoft uh, and others they're limiting the length of the conversation uh, that you can have with them because the longer the conversation goes. The potentially creepier or angry guests. They still don't know exactly why. It's almost like a, a super sophisticated version of auto, uh, uh, you know, like uh, in Google, when you type your name and then it kind of adds the the autocomplete, it adds words to it. It's almost like a super sophisticated version of that, but they don't quite know what's going on underneath the surface, why it suggests specific words or says certain things at a certain time. Um, but they are saying we have something to do with it, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. Well, I know there's one writer, who
0: said it's basically Carl Jung coming to the digital world and the collective unconscious of computers is pretty dark. So here
1: comes Skynet. Yeah, I think we're already there. We're well past that line at this point. I'm going to go live in a digital cave. There you go. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, John.